0: It's time for The Drive's Top 4 at 4. Hour number two of The Drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear and Marcus Young back with you. Marcus has your Top 4 at 4. Marcus, what do you got?
1: Thank you, Russell. At number one, the Volsland BYU transfer cornerback, Gabe Judy Lolly. The former Cougar announced on his Twitter page today that he is heading to Tennessee. He has... According to this, two years of eligibility. If we've done our math right, he, the Austin, Texas native, played in all 13 games in 2022, started 10, totaling 47 tackles, half a sack, and seven pass breakups in his lone year at BYU. He was also at Vanderbilt before he uh, transferred to BYU, so knows the area well.
0: Played with Peely at BYU, yeah, last year. So we That's can pretty cool. Maybe get a little scouting report on him as well. Gabe Judy Lolly going to join us here in 20 minutes on the show. What if he's related to Jerry? I don't
1: know.
2: It's a very unique name, and it's, it's spelled. Him? I don't know. It's just spelled the same, and it's a very unique way of spelling Judy.
1: So, At number two, the NFL has announced uh, a slate of teams that will be heading out to the international games in 2023. You have the Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, and Jacksonville Jaguars who will be playing in London. The Jaguars will be, I believe, specifically at Wimbledon, while the Bills and the Titans will play at the Tottenham Spurs Stadium. You've also got the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots who are heading to Germany. Those are the designated home teams, by the way. So the teams that they will be facing off during the season has yet to be determined.
0: I like all things England, kind of an Anglophile. I don't like playing these football games over there, man.
1: I really don't like playing them in Germany. The Germany one was fun. like You could tell the fans were getting into it.
0: I get why they're doing it. They're making money. They're expanding their reach and and the brand and everything. But, I mean, it's the National (laughs) Football League, not the International Football League.
2: Oh. I didn't realize this uh, we we touch a nerve here
0: I mean we talked about this a billion times on the show before I mean like where like are we going to have because they've talked about having a team in Mexico City are we is there going to be a time when our Titans are going to play Barcelona or um, you know Bayern Munich or
1: whatever this has this has touched a slight nerve I feel like I mean, I, I don't know. Are you
0: guys cool with that? I, I kind of like the NFL the way it is. I, I just think it create. yeah.
2: I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, am I with you? I'm the only student here. I don't You know, I don't like it. I wish we could go back to the original conferences in college football. Just, Much less the NFL.
1: Just wait till they decide to go play a game in France and Bear is going to just lose his mind.
0: Yeah, when the Titans lose to PSG, that's going to be hard to stomach.
1: At number three, a uh, couple uh, changes at the offensive coordinator position in the NFL as the Buccaneers have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, and also Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman has resigned, uh, stepping down after the offense declining results. Russell?
0: I'd love to have either one of those guys uh, are great candidate, much better candidates than anybody I've seen listed so far for the Titans Offensive coordinator gig.
1: You read my mind. Greg Roman's the guy that I would like most of all uh, between, especially between those two guys. I think he has like he was with Harbaugh at Stanford and the Same 49ers. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's a good offensive Where's mind. Where's he seen, been since then? Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. I mean, he, we
0: keep hearing about these like guys from bad teams and bad offenses that were interviewed. Why on earth would you? consider anybody from the broncos to be your offensive coordinator you wouldn't want to
2: touch that with a 10-foot pole the thing i'll say about greg roman is that i mean
1: his quarterback was hurt for most of the year that's why they didn't perform i will also like to point out on that on that news they didn't say he was being interviewed for the oc they just said a part of the offensive staff about the guy from the broncos yeah that's how they specified it. Uh, I think I let that guy get my coffee. No, I agree, but I don't think. Well, I'm, a, I'm for willing OC. to put.
0: I'm willing to put a lot of the blame for what happened in, in Denver on uh, Hackett and then Wilson. Russell Wilson. So I, yeah. I mean, you want to bring in a guy's maybe O line coach or like we? I guess I could be talked into that, but man, like this coordinator. This is a huge hire for Mike Vrabel. He has got to nail it,
1: especially since he says he wants to be younger and faster. You got to think about who you're bringing in to, to do that. And finally, at number four, Andy Murray uh, had a pretty epic five set Australian Open win. Do you want? Did you hear how long this went? I heard it ended at like four
0: a.m local time here in the eastern time zone
1: he won the fourth and fifth set to seal the win in five hours and 45 minutes
0: golly there was
2: one of those marathons at wimbledon sometime in the past 15 or 20 years that
0: just was mind blowing well they yeah i mean they've changed it because of that match that went um like that one goes six the guy what what are you what are are you asking me if it went six sets Six hours. Six hours. I I don't know what the final... Well, they stopped it. Like, they stopped the match and said, like, we're going to come back and finish the next day. I think John Isner played in it, and it was just two big servers, and they're just bombing aces, and, like, nobody could break. And I think it ended up being, like, whoever won the fifth set won it in, like, you know, 25 to 23 games or something. So, I think they, they changed it in the majors now, where I think they do have a fifth set tiebreaker, but... Still, I mean, this and it's pretty early in the tournament, so he's got one day of recovery, and then he's got to go play again.
1: Oh, and what's crazy about this is that this is the second consecutive five-set thriller for Murray. He oh, uh, took down the number thirteen, Matteo Berrettini, uh, and that match, that one, only took four hours and forty-nine minutes. So, he almost hit five hours twice, uh, which is crazy. So and is
2: Andy going to leave it just all out on the court here at the Australian Open?
1: Well, it's crazy, too, because four years ago was when he was talking about potentially retiring due to hip and back problems. And here he is playing over ten hours. I wonder hours. if those
0: guys are like me. I, I like to play a lot of tennis. Certainly nowhere close to that level. But I always find, and, and basketball, too, like other sports, like I always get a second win where I will be play. And I get really tired, and you're sucking wind. And then, like, you kind of fight through it. And then, like, after that, you're okay. And you can just kind of play. I wonder if it's the same way at that level or if those guys are just so I finely know, conditioned man. that they just have one wind, and then they're exhausted. He's I think that's it just
2: the amount of, of stress uh, they put on, like, all their joints and their backs. Yeah, I, I think mean, they're that, playing a lot. When you're playing at that level, the, you know, the top of your
0: sport. And Murray's, I mean, he's, he's got to be there. mid-30s. He's, he's not a young man anymore. Is that it? That was it. Thank you, Marcus. Solid top four at four. Top four at four here on Fan Run. Brought to you by the fine folks at Linderman Sports Medicine. Check them out online, lindermansportsmedicine.com. Before you have that shoulder surgery, before you have that knee replacement were you, get your back cut on. Check out Medicine.com. Find out more about regenerative medicine. The technology is advancing every day and Dr. Laura Linderman is right there on the edge of it in Memphis. People come from all over the Southeast and beyond to experience the joys and wonders of Linderman Sports Medicine. Check out lindermansportsmedicine.com again and be sure to let them know you heard us talking about it on Fan Run Radio. Our number is to get on the show, if you want to jump in, 865 546 8200. If you want to jump in, yeah, Marcus talked about the offensive coordinator movement in the NFL. Have you seen what one of the names that is connected to the Bucks OC job is now? No. Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin.
2: That'd be, that'd be a good spot for be a Good spot for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck, Todd. <laughs>
0: I can't even remember who. Not gonna miss you. Who George's OC was before him? They because it was underwhelming. I remember they ran him out of there, and then Mon- when they hired Munkin, it was kind of like,
3: eh.
0: People weren't very excited about it. The rest of the league wasn't very threatened, but there's no doubt about it. He was fantastic there.
2: He dissected uh, TCU.
0: Dissected us. Dissected everybody.
2: Yeah. The only team that gave them really any trouble, who I thought they could have easily lost to, was Ohio State. I think now that everything's over, we all agree Ohio State's the second best. Was the second best team this the,
0: year? Their defense didn't give them any problems. I mean, offensively they were no, but that they were the only impressive.
2: team. Yeah, they were the only team that really had their way with Georgia's defense.
0: Chiefs. So I mean, Munkin, Munkin was fantastic. I mean, he and I'm saying was like in the past tense. I hope he takes the Bucks' job, goes to the. And listen up, Todd Munkin. Tell him, Russ. You don't want to be messing around with these kids, all this NIL nonsense, babysitting these egos, these parents power tripping, talking to you about why their baby isn't playing and all this stuff. Let me tell you about Tampa Bay. You ever been to Tampa Bay, Todd Munkin?
1: He has. Okay. He actually has. He's actually coached there, so he
0: knows. Okay, then you know. You know. It's a beach town. Your, I, I talked to uh, Mike Bajakian, who went to Tampa Bay. He left Tennessee as Butch's OC to become the quarterback's coach at the Bucks a couple years ago. Interviewed him and asked him about the difference. He said, well, at Tennessee, 6 p.m., I'd be just getting started. I'd be hunkering down, long night of film study, meetings, getting ready to uh, play a big SEC game. Here at Tampa... 6 p.m., I'm at home by the pool. Todd. Todd Munkin, I'm speaking directly to you. Wouldn't you rather be at the pool? Wouldn't you rather? Really? You want to be locked alone in a room with Kirby Smart? Will Muschamp. Kirby, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely person. Looks like he smells like Cheetos. Just saying. Looks like a guy who likes a lot of Cheetos. You have know, that dust on his fingers and everything. You know, he's like using your laptop, and you, get, you want to be me- messing with that guy. You mean? I mean, he's a champion, no doubt about it. Back to back national champions, not taking anything away. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Tampa's lovely. Tampa's lovely. Dealing with grown men, professionals. Get to work on time. If they don't, you just cut them. Do you have to do your laundry, dude? Have you seen that? You get somebody to do your laundry. They'll pay for your moving expenses. Take care of you. Get hooked up in the NFL, Todd. Get on out of there. And and wouldn't it be nice if, while we're at it, moving Todd Munkin out of the SEC, wouldn't it be nice if we could just find some clown to go down there and ruin their offense?
2: Drive away all their five-star <laughs> who offensive we,
0: weapons. What do? Botch or duly reject or or Pruitt guy. What's Jim Chaney up to?
2: He's, never co- take he's coached back.
0: At, he's coached at Georgia before. He's, Botch was an offensive genius at Central Michigan. Think Chaney was an offensive genius, like everywhere except with Botch. Or no, he wasn't with Botch. He was, he was with Pruitt. He's, Pruitt. He, he, did, hey, he was he here he, twice. He,
1: yeah. <laughs> you think Will Friend needs no see job? Will Friend. Will
0: Enemy needs to get back down to Georgia. An offensive mind like that. Did you see what Arkansas did, by the way? Yeah, they hired uh, who they replaced. Dan Enos. Else? It's been it, he. That's a name you hear every. He the around. Alabama
2: quarterbacks coach.
0: He was at Bama for a while. I think he went to
2: Miami, and then was he up at Maryland with uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, Loxley. I want to say Pruitt interviewed him for OC here. Could you imagine going to a job interview where Jeremy Pruitt's interviewing you? Will friend is at Auburn.
1: Yeah. I did not realize that. He's in the it, wait, he's it,
2: in the good old boy mafia, man. He's he's going to coach in the SEC. He, I mean, we're still he,
0: there. I thought I thought they I thought he moved to another I thought he went to Oh, he went with Memphis. Uh, Will friend did? I think so. Am I am I making that
2: up? I think he may have moved, but I thought he moved he moved with as part of a package with somebody.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he went to Memphis. No. no. Friend. Memphis. I could be imagining this. Oh,
1: Mississippi State hired him. Yeah, that's it.
0: That
2: new guy. The guy that's that replaced right. the pirate, God rest uh, his soul. January
0: 5th, 2023. Memphis football to hire former Auburn offensive line coach Will Friend. Where are you? What are you seeing, Marcus?
1: Because that's what I'm remembering.
0: Did Did he take the Memphis job and then go to Mississippi State right so, after that?
1: So this is January sixth of 2023 on
0: USA Today. <laughs> so he, he went <laughs> I mean, to Memphis and then, then the next day he got Mississippi State. He's like, yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Full. Literally,
1: literally, the next day was. Yeah, I mean, he played in the awesome. Uh,
2: uh, there's some certain guys, man. They're gonna stay. You're gonna want to stay in the SEC. <clears throat> You know damn you well if you were if you were him, you would have done the same thing. But really? well,
0: you make more money, and you're not living in Memphis. Yeah, which, no offense, I know we've got some we have an advertiser, but like it's Memphis. I mean, the city's the crime got as Spakey Brown would say. Two things Memphis is known for: killing and grilling.
1: Just to answer your uh- one of those is good, the other is not. Question from earlier, Russell. Their O.C. was James Coley at Georgia before Todd Munkin got there. Yeah, he was terrible, wasn't he? want to know he? where England he is now? He Ford went to Coley. Michigan, I
0: want to say, for a, for a
1: minute. No, he is with Texas A&M ruining their offense. That's right. really. He's the wide receivers coach. He was not he, he be for very
0: long.
2: Petrino would tell him to go stand in a corner. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall down there this year. Love. I wish they could do an in-season kind of show, like – Hard knock style show with that with that staff, wouldn't you watch?
1: You Yes. Jimbo? I would tune into that. You know that they're going to just butt heads completely.
2: Nah, I don't know. I'm
1: telling you, he's going to be a usurper. No. He's going to be the next head coach at Texas A&M.
2: It's the biggest job Petrino's had since... Since Arkansas, right? Well, no. I mean, he didn't they hire him back? At, he
0: was back at Louisville for a minute, wasn't he? Yeah. Petrina, true. Second time, not always as good as the first time. Let's take a quick break. The drive continues. Fan run radio. Russell Bear and Marcus with you. Uh, when do we continue? I'm going to track down on Gabe Judy Lally, Tennessee's newest defensive back, committed to the Vols today, transferring from BYU by way of Vandy to Knoxville, coming back to the Volunteer State. For maybe another year or two, we'll see how much, how many years of eligibility he has left, and uh, we'll take, we'll 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 give him some questions here when we continue this afternoon. Stay with us; the drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Welcome back; the drive continues. Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith cruising along with you. Thursday afternoon edition of the show. We go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone line. Special guest standing by. He is Tennessee's newest defensive back. Gabe Judy Lally, joining us this afternoon on the show. Hello, Gabe, how are you, sir?
3: I'm good. How about you?
0: Hey, doing very well, my friend. Uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Congratulations on the decision to come to Tennessee. Take us through your journey a little bit. You know, we see a lot of players transfer now and play at two schools. But it's pretty rare that we see guys play at three, which is what you're getting set to do. Uh, tell us about the path that's bringing you here to Knoxville.
3: Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, as everybody probably doesn't know, so I played at Vanderbilt and I played at BYU. I uh, graduated from Vanderbilt in three years. Um, we had a couple down years, and I wanted to, you know, experience a bowl game and winning, and maybe if I had the opportunity, go back closer to home. And – uh you know, everything works in mysterious ways. So, I ended up at BYU from a old high school football coach that went there, and he was in the College Football Hall of Fame. And from there at BYU, I mean, I was able to go to a bowl game. It was it was a good time and everything like that. But I was honestly trying to find a place closer to home so I could be closer to my family, so they'd be able to watch me play more because Utah was a hike, twenty seven hours away driving just a very expensive flight. But um, as I entered the portal, uh, I guess you could say God had different plans for me. And um, I got a lot of attention and such. But I wanted to pick the place that was going to give me the best opportunity to you know, achieve my goals, which is the NFL, and also um, get my master's degree, something that I wanted to get it in. And uh, it just kind of lined up here at Tennessee for that to be able to happen. And Coach Martinez and Coach Heupel – they to us with open arms as a family, and um, they really showed me the plan of what they wanted for me. And so from there, I called it home, kept it quiet for a little bit, but, uh, and then, of course, decided that I'll be there on Saturday.
0: Good deal. So you graduated from Vanderbilt in three years. That's a pretty tough school, Gabe. You must, I mean, it took me like five years to graduate from Tennessee. I mean, you
3: must be pretty sharp. <laughs> Oh uh, my mom's a little bit of stickler for school but okay. you know um now now it's more get the degree and play football more a little bit or so I could I guess you could say.
0: Well there you go Ed um you're from Austin Texas originally?
3: Uh yeah Austin Texas is what I call and claim to be home I've lived here the majority of my life I'll put it that way.
0: Okay so you're in Austin now and you were wanting yeah. to get back close to home I see we're um, Baylor was one of the other schools you were considering. UCLA too was, I mean, Waco, that's, that's like a two-hour drive from Austin, right? I mean, that would, have been a, um, that, that would have been a lot closer to home.
3: Yeah, it would have been a lot closer to home. I mean, I took visits to all three places and at the end of the day, I just kind of felt a little bit drawn to go to Tennessee so kind of went with my gut feeling from, what, from, was it from that the that waco
0: al- Yeah, was it, was it the allure of playing in the SEC at the end of the day and all the you know, future pros that you're going to be not only going up against but practicing with on your own team?
3: I mean, honestly, I think that you can find good football players anywhere you go, but the opportunity to win a national championship is something that uh, really um, caught my eye because winning is a little bit addictive, so I didn't really get to feel it when I was first at Vanderbilt. Then, you know, we went on a little skid at BYU, but we finished up winning eight games, and, you know, I want to be able to continue that and seeing what Tennessee has done. And even in the bowl game with the guys that already said that they weren't going to play and um, still dominating, I thought that it was a place that it could really get that ball rolling, and that's the goal that they have here at Tennessee now. All those things are great at the end of the day. I also um, got to talk with Coach Martinez, and he has a plan to be able to develop every guy in the room. And, you know, they're looking for some... um, you know, lead by example type guys and do that type of stuff. I'm not a big round run guy, so you know I could go in and learn from those that are in the room also, but bring the experience that I have because I have played a lot of ball in the last three years. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the reason why I chose to come to Tennessee.
0: Well, it's a defense that I mean, it's kind of weird, Gabe, when you look at the stats where they're pretty good against the run last year at Tennessee, but they really struggled against the pass was that one of tennessee's selling points was hey we you know this is kind of the missing link everybody knows the offense at tennessee's very good um the run defense was was pretty stout last year but we need some guys who can come in and cover is that was that kind of their pitch to you in the recruiting process
3: yeah i guess i guess you could call it that way i mean we're never going to take away from any of the guys that are there i think that there's just sometimes certain plays could have been made that weren't made and you know um bringing me and can give it, have the ability to make those types of plays. Um, at the end of the day, I think that the back end is strong, but you always want to build more pieces onto it if you want to make a national championship type run. So at the end of the day it's just it's just hard to say no when you see the success and the culture that's being brought in and built right now at Tennessee. So I knew that, that was something that I wanted to be a part of, especially with my time wind down. <laughs>
0: Starting with Gabe Judy Lally, he commits to Tennessee today, defensive back uh, by way of BYU, coming to Knoxville, and Gabe, you mentioned Willie Martinez, and players always speak so highly of him. What is it about Coach Martinez that makes him a guy you want to play for?
3: Um, Just his, his pedigree of developing guys to be able to go to the next level, he's been doing this is before i ever even was going to be a thought in my parents life right and uh he's put in more guys in the nfl than years i am old at this point in time so it shows that whatever he's doing at the end of the day is is the right thing and he's doing it the right way not just one and done type guys but guys that want to come in and develop and leave a lasting impact wherever they're at and uh, coach Martinez is going to coach you hard but he's going to love you at the same time so um talking to people that I know in the industry and people that have coached me other places, they had nothing but good things to say about him. So, you know, having that rap to back it up is also very good at the end of the day.
0: You are not the only BYU transfer coming to play defense for Tennessee next year. Linebacker Keenan Peely on his way as well. Uh, are, are you guys tight? Do you know each other? Is that going to be, um, you know, a, a factor for you as far as just feeling a little bit more comfortable in a new environment?
3: Um, you know, we, me and Keenan, we, we played together and everything and such, but, you know, I didn't get to everybody that well at BYU because I was there for such a short time. Sure. But it's always good to see a familiar face at the end of the day. And me and Keenan have already been talking ball, and, you know, he's new to the area. And I know Tennessee um, pretty well, but not Knoxville as much. So I, I tell them that, you know, we definitely can get together. and We want to learn the defense. We want to be able to come in and make an impact right away. So. I'll be I'll be good, and Keenan's one of the smartest football players I know. So it'll be good to be able to take nuggets of information that he knows because he also was committed just a little bit earlier. So you might know a little bit more about everything that's going on. So it's exciting, um, for sure.
0: Good to hear. Good to hear. Now you've been through the transfer process before, obviously going from Vandy to BYU. Um, do you feel like that's an advantage for you? Know that you you've changed teams before, and just you know what what's it like? How what is the challenge of moving new school new town new teammates picking up a new system the terminology etc do you do you think that that'll come a little bit easier to you since you've done this before
3: yeah i definitely think it'll come a little bit easier if i had to be honest with you i've had this would be my fifth position coach my fifth defensive (laughs) coordinator it'll it'll do to just you know firings, hirings, and such. But, um, you know, one place calls something blue, the other place calls it black. It's all the same thing at the end of the day because you can't get too um, complicated when it comes to defense. You just can move pieces around to be able to get to the overall hole, right? Um, I think that the, the toughest thing at the end of the day is, also just, is always just getting adapted to the people that are going to be around that are not on the football team, honestly. Because, you know, football players, they have a common goal. They want to win. They want to get better and such like that. The so people you meet around, um that you want to get to know they're outside of football and you know hang out with people and get find some cool places to eat and such like that just be able to accustom to life wherever you're at and um that's one thing that i'm excited to do because i have lived in a bunch of places but um i liked tennessee when i was there previously um i know it was in a different part but i also lived in charlotte for a little bit so Nashville's is not too far away from where i used to live so i'm excited about it for sure
0: now the Vanderbilt Tennessee rivalry, that's 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 a heated in state thing. Two teams don't like each other very much. Is that gonna be a little weird, uh, playing against the Commodores this year?
3: Um, I wouldn't say weird particularly because at the end of the day I understand that like when we're between the lines, it doesn't matter who's across from me. Um, the point of the game is to win, right? But after the whistles are over, clock hits triple zeros, I'm going to love everybody up. It's business on the field, and then after it's over, they're, they're always going to be my friends and my buddies at the end of the day. But uh, within the white lines, uh, we got a job to go get done, and whatever the outcome is, um, that's what it'll be. But if we do the job correctly, hopefully it'll be one that we're happy out at the end of the day, and then me and my guys can chop it up after that.
0: Very good, very good. So You, you mentioned earlier, Gabe, that you wanted to play for a winner and that was important to you know Tennessee they had a great season this past year before that it had been hard times here on Rocky (laughs) Top for the Vols and um, I mean was that something you were aware of I know uh, college football is a full-time job out there you're probably not watching a ton of games nationally last year over at BYU but were you kind of aware of the success Tennessee was having and some of the big games that they were winning this past season?
3: Yeah, I not that I was watching them play, right? Because I got caught on West Coast football time, so we'd be huh. kicking off at eight there. It would be ten PM all the way sure. everywhere else. But um yeah, I know definitely was playing at Vanderbilt, you know, you always look at what Tennessee's doing to see what you're gonna catch at the end of the year. You know, rooting for my guys down the stretch. I was hoping maybe, you know, a five and six Vanderbilt team could catch a win, especially after coming off the loss to South Carolina. But um they're just really electric last year and um being on the vision being able to see the things that they did to be able to get to the success level they're at. Um it was super cool to watch. Uh, my first three years that I was there, you know, it was a little bit harder times. Um that first year under Coach Hype though, they, they really figured it out and when I went and played them in Neelan, actually, um, it was a pretty electric environment and they were gonna go to a bigger bowl game so it was super nice, and I hope that we can just build off of that at the end of the day. Good stuff.
0: All right, Gabe, uh, appreciate your time, my friend. Are you on your way to Knoxville? Will you be here for spring practice?
3: Uh, i am actually just packed up my car and just going to wait for my parents to get off work, and then I'm going to head out, and I'll be in Knoxville on Saturday. All right, well, a little road trip there. It was, are you, you going to
0: try to do that all in one day? Was that about 14, 15 hours, something like that?
3: It's about 14. I'm going to stop in Nashville i'm gonna stop in nashville at a family friend's place and uh, crash and then i'll i'll do the the other three after that but um it's not as bad as utah i used to push it (laughs) about 23 hours so nothing's too bad at the end of the day
0: yeah yeah all right well uh safe travels my friend we're looking forward to watching you with the volunteers this next year best of luck to you
3: thank you i appreciate it you have a good one
0: you too that's gabe judy lally Tennessee's newest defensive back. He comes to Tennessee with two years to play for the Big Orange and will be playing cornerback for Willie Martinez in the Volunteer Secondary. Yeah, yeah. Need some help there, for sure. And uh, He's played a lot of football. Yeah, very highly rated according to the PFF rankings last season. He would have uh, rated higher than any other – a corner on Tennessee's team so the path to playing time there and three years got his degree at Vandy yeah pretty sharp kid I'm trying to figure out how many years it'd take me to get through their program of course in this fantasy you're assuming you would ever be admitted to Vanderbilt <clears throat> yes <laughs> he'd be a walk-on <laughs> stay with us the drive continues Gabe appears, as all Fan Run guests do, on the Big Orange Phillies phone line. Check out Big Orange Phillies and Halls for all the NFL playoff action this week. And, of course, Vols, Tigers at LSU, 4 p.m. on Saturday. You want to get out there and enjoy Tennessee basketball in a sports bar environment. Big Orange Phillies and Halls, sixty six twenty five 25 Maynardville Pike. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you. They're online at bigorangephillies.com. Quick break. We're back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, The Tribe continues. Gabe, Judy Lally on the program. Bear, what did you learn?
2: I didn't realize he was originally from Austin. I thought he was from Charlotte because he went to Ardre. Said, he said high school out of Charlotte, North Carolina, when he went to Vandy. Um, I, I think we've got a, a solid young man who's coming here and serious about coming in and working on his craft
0: and getting to the next level. David says, "Wow, impressive kid! I bet he knows to turn around and see the football in the air." Yeah, but
2: I mean, everybody like it. The whole thing with Martinez is just so bizarre to me because, like, he catches a lot of heat from the fans, but his track record—you can't deny how many guys is is he are playing in the NFL right now.
0: A lot from Georgia. He coached Cam Sutton, Justin Manuel. Coleman. Emmanuel Mosley, here at at Tennessee is his first time around with Botch, and guys in in the NFL I mean, off this Taylor. year's team. Um, I don't know if he coached
1: Elante. He recruited Elante. So his time, he was also at Oklahoma and Auburn between 2010 and 2012 for both those schools. He just spent one year. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he was at Oklahoma for two and then Auburn for one. I I met Willie Martinez
0: really briefly one time. And, um, like, he comes across really genuine and like a cool guy. Which is not always the case with these college football coaches. See, Pruitt, Jeremy. But, so, uh, defensive backs is always been a hard position to coach i mean i remember we had just dominant defenses in the 90s and 2000s and people are always on chavis always on larry slade always on um who who was the uh was it not kevin wilson who was the uh kevin ramsey yeah back back in the '90s, like fans just they always bash the the defensive coordinator and the DB's secondary co- coach yeah and look we were 126 out of 131 teams in pass defense last year. So, yeah, they get paid a lot of money. Bash away. Like, you you have every right to criticize. But uh, his, his track record – I always thought Martinez's track record, track record as a defensive secondary coach was, was pretty strong. He's not defensive coordinator here. And Georgia fans always talk about he was a bad defensive coordinator. Well, he's not your coordinator. It's DB's coach. Yeah. So, like, I always, I think that's important to note. You know, you know who did turn around and look at the, look for the
2: ball? His kid. He was a baller at Catholic on the state championship. Kings oh, Willie's kid was. Oh yeah, he was a ball hawking. Like he snatched him all well the time. Well coached at home, back, right? Yeah. Oh. Fast as hell. But yeah, this he always a, looked back for the a ball.
0: Different plane. When you're when you're playing Chucky Doke as placed as opposed to playing against they, Bama, that was when they beat
2: Brentwood Academy on ESPN that year, his <laughs> senior year. But you keep talking about Chucky Doke.
0: I mean, it's hey, you got to play who you got to play, right? Throw the records out the window when Chucky Doke comes to town.
2: The Rabbles played on ESPN.
0: State champions. They ever play on ESPN? Oh, that, that's the measuring stick now. I'm just saying. It's funny. I, I like to win rings. I like to win championships. It's cool, though. You guys were on TV. That's neat. Say we won championship championships. I think we've got more than you. Go ahead, Marcus.
1: Uh, so the UT website actually shows players he coached that are in the NFL or at least got drafted in the NFL. Elante Taylor was one of them. Told you. Uh, so another big name was actually he was a defensive coordinator for a short time at Georgia where Geno Atkins was there. He's He was a pretty <laughs> solid D-linemen for the Bengals for a long time.
0: Well, listen, I, I'm not going to try and sell anybody. On, like, people make their minds up about this stuff, and we'll see what happens this year. I mean, you got to improve. I mean, that's the thing. Like we've got, got a whole got lot of awesome offense, with number one offense in college football. The run defense has been good, and by the way, the secondary is a part of that. I would say, uh, but the pass defense has been atrocious, and and it was not good at all this year. It's got to improve, and if it doesn't improve, then that's why Josh Heupel gets paid the big bucks. He's about to get a huge raise, and he's going to have to decide whether or not what he sees out there is adequate. It certainly appears that you know he's not going to make any staff changes uh, with his coordinator, or his secondary coach, this year. My read into that is that he thinks it's a personnel issue, and I, I don't think they are loaded with talent. He's only been here two years, so it's I don't think it's it's quite fair yet to say, Well, your players. Um but they also had a lot of injuries this year. You know, Burrell gets hurt the second game of the year, misses the rest of the season. He was your most experienced corner. Um Haddon was gonna be the other starter. He pulls a hammy in, in camp and he he wasn't ready to go at the beginning. Um couple of other corners slaughter
1: i think got hurt at you know, one point
0: like I, th- I think they had a lot of guys on the shelf throughout the year so we'll see what happens this year it's obviously a position that needs
1: vast improvement i also enjoyed uh part of that interview his addiction to winning like i i, I like i w- you want guys who want to win and and care about that and will do what it takes and it sounds like he's he wants to be at the next level including Mentioning the chance at winning a national championship, did you catch that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's cool that that he sets his goals so high. My major takeaway was he sounded mature. He sounded impressive, which is not always the case with with young people these days. And I look, you're bringing in him. You're bringing in Keenan Peely, who is like I, I think he's like 23 or 24. He's married. He did the Mormon mission, so he's yeah he's been you know he's 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 more mature so you're taking those two and we're replacing without naming names some guys who were not terribly mature during their time at Tennessee and hopefully that pays dividends because you know maybe there's a drop off in athleticism I, I don't know but Josh Heupel talks so much about culture it's an overused buzzword a lot of us kind of roll our eyes when we hear him talk about it but a lot of truth in it. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you just want conscientious players, guys who are about the right stuff yeah. in your program and not about the foolishness. These two guys in
2: particular are coming in. They're you know planning on being here uh, to fine-tune and polish their game and get ready to take their shot at being able to play in the NFL. So they're, they aren't going to be distracted by things that kids that are not quite as mature, mature as these two – are uh, distracted by
0: Tyler on Twitter says Bishop Sycamore was on ESPN. That's a good point bear. Who's Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> <laughs> the team with the, like the fake school, the fake, uh, who was Bishop Sycamore? What, what was the scandal there? They, they were on ESPN and they were terrible and it come to find out that it was like a fake school.
1: Yeah, so the high school was advertised as an athletic sports training academy. However, after they got the want to be IMG, they had a blowout loss to IMG that was televised on ESPN. There was increased scu- uh, scrutiny and investigation were to the, the school's actual Were a bunch existence. of the players
0: like in their 20s, just like out of shape dudes, they just threw together to to Pull play that game, game basically yeah. and get some ESPN money. I think so, yeah. Trying to I'm trying to do see the
2: third, if they, have they had anything on it yet. Are, the, are we are we waiting for the thirty for thirty on Bishop Sycamore?
1: They raised. Uh, they tried to raise twenty thousand dollars to fund the school's football program via GoFundMe, but they only raised about one hundred forty dollars. So some people didn't twenty
2: thousand
1: to fund. Uh... Jordan says Martinez has coached
0: two Thorpe Award semifinalists and two finalists. He's coached sixteen future NFL players at Georgia. Five at Auburn, two at Central Florida, and now four at Tennessee. Brian says we should get Georgia when we get um Todd Munkin out of there, we should get them to hire Larry Scott.
1: <laughs>
0: Every time I hear that guy's
2: name, I immediately think of that story. Which one? The floor uh well, two jump out at me. The wristbands. The wristband in Alabama when uh Gar uh, Garantano went full crash test dummy. They kept running the this what, the flea flicker?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like third and one. We ran a flea <laughs> flicker twice on third and one. The the epic Florida
2: Butch pulling his headset down, but the microphone was still in front of his mouth, screaming into the mic.
0: Orange Vol is confused on, on the baskets at the grocery store. It says some places take the basket away, some places leave it. Like, do I touch it? Do I act like I'm going for it? Do I take it from their hands? More research is needed. I don't think more research is needed. What, what's so hard to figure this? You take it back to its proper receptacle. Yeah, they've got receptacles. They don't just have exactly. baskets lying around. They're right by the door when you walk in. You pick up your basket, you do your shopping. You go to the self-checkout line, you set it down on that little stainless steel platform. Yeah. You remove the content, you scan them, you bag them. When you've completed the transaction, you pick up your bags and you pick up the basket. And there are receptacles as you leave the self-checkout area, stacks of baskets, you place it back. It's a system. It's a cycle of baskets. Don't break the cycle by just leaving your basket at the self-checkout line on that stainless steel platform. This isn't NOM. There are rules. Which brings me to my biggest, and I do my,
2: mean my biggest pet peeve, about the U-Scan revolution. If you have me scan my own groceries and put them in bags, and you see that I put my card in there and I get my receipt, I am not stopping at the door to get checked by whatever, either octogenarian or power-tripping young guy security that you're going to have check what I've just purchased. If you want to know what I've purchased, hire more cashiers, open more lanes. No,
0: no, don't do that. I'm I, not, love, I'm not, I love I'm not, not dealing I'm not with the cashiers. I, uh, I'm, not, I'm
2: not stopping for you to check my bags, Walmart guy. Uh-uh.
0: I think you have to. The hell you do. I mean, there's people make mistakes like uh, it might be your mistake you might forget to scan it
1: Mm.
0: i mean bear you're gonna sit here and tell me that you're perfect shopper
2: no russell because if you'll but what i do know is this if you set something down and it didn't scan into your bag that's a scale you're setting it on yeah and then it won't let you go any further
1: yeah, he's got a good point there. I'm
2: not stopping for you to check. check yes, me you in. are. Unless yes, you I are. will. The only time I will. I swear to God, Russ. I swear to God, is Easy if it's now. a big tick out, of, a, like a big ticket item.
1: Like, well, I understand that. Yeah, like a big bag of dog food or something like that. No, so, I'm talking like a TV or like an oh, Xbox or well, something. I
0: mean, who's buying a TV at Kroger?
2: Nobody stops you at Kroger. I'm talking about like Walmart. I just didn't want to put them on
0: blast. But no, Walmart, you're not stopping me. So the rent a cop or whatever comes up to you and says, "Excuse me, sir." Like you set off the alarm. Can can I just? I tell them back off. We just figure out what's going on here. (laughs) Back off, back off, man. No, you
1: don't. No, you don't.
2: I don't set off alarms because I pay for my stuff.
1: How do you feel about like the people in the aisles that like just stand there and just kind of stare at things, but like don't think about like just moving out of the way until they know what they want to grab? Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We have a whole Generation of
0: people who don't know how to conduct themselves in public.
2: Tell you another group of people that really get under my skin.
0: Here we
1: go,
2: scratchers. I thought about it earlier when Marcus was talking about you know your local convenience store.
1: Oh right right right.
2: Sometimes, I don't I don't think scratchers should I think scratchers should have to stand off to the side between the hours of seven and nine o'clock when hardworking folks are stopping in their local convenience store to get a cup of Joe. $10 worth of gas,
0: formerly a pack of, a, a, a deck of lung darts. I'm not buying that you've never set off the alarm. I think we've all set off the alarm. <laughs> I've set off the alarm multiple times. It's no, un- the one it's thing I have done. It's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant, but generally, generally, my experience has been, you, you look back, you, you make eye contact with one of the employees, you give them the, like, shoulder shrug thing, and they'll usually say, it's okay, go on. It's happened multiple times to me. what the hell are you buying that would set off the alarm? I don't know, but my assumption is that I didn't forget that like it just for some reason whatever happens when you scan it what it that you're supposed to like it didn't happen and you're supposed like, to hit it on that strip thing and plus, I like to think that I give off major trustworthy citizen vibes, and they they and look I at don't me, <laughs> well. I think people look at me and say, that's an honest-looking fellow. He would not steal anything. You're free to go, sir.
2: That's how you get away
0: with stuff. Now, I'm just saying, like, you, you come out there. I pick you there, out of the crowd. You come out, and uh, you set off the alarm. It's my job to be, what do they call it, loss, loss, loss prevention. prevention? I did that. I, I'm coming up to you. I'll be like, excuse me, sir. I did loss prevention a couple stores what, in What seems to be the college. problem here?
2: That's a great job.
0: You want to hear a quick story uh, about about that? I actually did get caught trying to steal something once. Where at? The library at UT, the big library. What the hell were you trying to steal from? So They used to have this thing. When I was in school, you had to go like It was like the reading room or something, and you would go, and they, the professors would put these documents that they wanted you to read in the library. It was the most inefficient system ever. And you had to go Get that document and make copies of it at your own expense. And, like, they were stamped, right? Right. And I've done this a million times. And I get up there one one day and I'm thinking, you know what? Like, it's not going to set off an alarm or anything if I take this. And I think for some reason I was thinking I was the last person, like I was getting it late or something. I was like, you know what? I'm taking it. I'm just going to put this in my bag. Did you
2: hear how he did, he just rationalized him stealing right there? Go ahead.
0: I like. How much does this cost? Fifteen cents a copy, like whatever it's, it is. It's circa still the principle of the thing. And so I put it in my my bag, and I walk out, and it's got like these two metal arms or something. And sure enough, a damn alarm goes off. Like, how do you? Do oh, that? and then the
2: turnstiles won't go. Right?
0: I mean, it's just it's it's literally like ten sheets of paper stapled together with a red stamp on it. That red ink must have had something in it. And it sets off the alarm. And now, like, the bar stiffens up and I can't get out. Oh, you're trapped there. And I'm looking back at the guy who's seen this happen a million times. You should have gone over the – should have gone over. What, and get tackled out in the atrium over, like, ten pages of notes? Shoot or shoot. That's all I'm saying. What I chose to do, which I think is the sensible thing to do, I I looked at the guy – Lodge your ass on. <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on? What's happening?" Like he's never why heard is, that before. Why is that? Well, I don't understand. And he goes, he looks at me the, with a knowing look, and he said, "You tell me, <laughs>
2: library guy."
0: And I'm like, "Oh man!" And so I, I put I put my backpack down, open, <laughs> and I said, I'm like, "Oh, how'd that get in there?" <laughs> I pull it out, sheepishly hand it back to him. I don't even think I've made the copies. Like, Can I go now? He's like, get out of here. And like, yeah. I slunk out. I slunk out of there, man.
2: What an idiot.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's me. Russell Smith, criminal, criminal Master mastermind. <laughs> pulling off the heist of the century. Stay with us. The Drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up.